That's what we do constantly, but it's right. usually coming out of my mouth. <laughs> Welcome to the React Native Nerds Podcast. I'm Spencer. And I'm John. Join us as we dive into topics you need to know about to become a better developer. Hey, welcome to React Native Nerds, episode number eight. Joining me is Spencer Carley, and I am Jonathan Wheat. How are you? Man, I'm excellent. I'm excited to be recording another episode of React Native School because it's something that I'm actually consistent with, so it's nice. How are you? It is It is very consistent. We have yet to miss a week, so this yeah. is pretty good. Yeah, I'm doing well. Yep, things have been crazy. Um, it was uh, at my son's wedding this past weekend. It was beautiful wedding. Weather was absolutely horrible, but it's okay. Uh, everybody, everybody still had a good time. That's good. Yeah, that's all that matters. Well, congratulations to your son. That was pretty much my week. Thank you. You know, traveling up and back to Boston and uh, hanging out up there for a little bit. Very cool. Yeah. So uh, today we're going to be talking about deep linking. When to use it, how to use it, how to set it up, differences between deep links and universal links, all that kind of stuff. But before we dive into it, John, you got any news in the mobile world? Remember back in the day when iPhones first came out and we had these three-dimensional buttons that looked like real buttons, they looked like real knobs, you had right. brushed aluminum, all that sort of stuff. And uh, that is called skeuomorphism. Then Apple threw us all under the bus and went to this flat layout. And I probably for a one. few months, nobody knew where the hell to touch <laughs> because nobody knew that this stupid square rectangle on the screen was actually a button or that the icons that were just sitting there on the screen were actually touchable. And, you know, it was super ridiculous. That was flat design, flat, you know, whatever. Well, it seems that uh, Apple is returning to their roots and much like everything, if you wait long enough, the fad comes back mm -hmm. and uh, it's coming back under a different name. Um, I guess technically if you're a design nerd, total respect for you. If you are, that's not an insult, but if you're a design nerd, you understand the difference. They're calling this new morphism, N E U morphism. I was calling it Neo, but it's new morphism. Okay. And it sounds made up, but it's really an actual thing. When I was reading, it sounds like it is, and I'll be all academic now, it is the study of how light casts itself on objects. So basically how that gets interpreted to the phone and digital screens is basically adding depth once again. Now we've all been doing this probably to some degree, a very small degree, when we add drop shadows to something that just to give it a little bit of a lift, a little depth to the screen. But they're going full out almost 3D again on, on their hmm. buttons and things. But it doesn't look like they're doing the skeuomorphism trying to make things look realistic. It's, they're just adding three-dimensional depth now to buttons and things. And as a developer, this is sort of scary, <laughs> mainly because now, you know, it was great when you went from, you know, there were button libraries and whatever to do the skeuomorphic design but you had to worry about your textures and making things look real and all this sort of thing. And then when it went to flat, that was really easy to design because it's just a stupid colored div <laughs> or, you know, a view or, you know, a button, whatever. And now they're bringing 3d back in and I'm a little nervous. I got to say, because I'm not that good of a graphic developer and that's really where the good designs are going to come from now mm -hmm. because, you know, graphic design people are going to have to figure out how to, do these 3d buttons and yeah and screens and elements again 
It'll be in macOS Big Sur with the new icons. Is it coming to iOS whatever's next? 14? Um, that's a good question. Okay. I actually don't know the answer to that. This will be interesting. It's an interesting medium between the original. I like in this article that their screenshot of an iPhone 3, what is it, 3GS or 3G, yes. whatever it was. Yep, um, yep. My it's back when it, it was singular <laughs> instead of like AT&T. That's, that's a major throwback for me. Sure is. Yeah, yeah. so this will be interesting. Like, I mean, uh, for those of us doing freelance development, it's like, hey, good little pitch to any people who just have uh, apps out there that they're not necessarily updating. Like, you know, got to update it to keep up to date with the latest app store designs and keep it going. So could be some uh, nice little small freelance gigs there coming up. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, I remember when it went from skeuomorphic to flat, you know, probably within a few months, maybe six months, anytime you saw something that was still the old skeuomorphic design, you're like, wow, that looks really old. That looks mm -hmm. really clunky. You know, this flat design is really slick and really nice. And it'll be interesting to see how long before flat design looks really dumb. Right. It's very cyclical. But fortunately, like looking at these mock-ups that are out there, it doesn't seem to be as drastic as a change as that skeuomorphism to flat design. Because that was... That was a brutal uh, couple of weeks trying to figure out what, mm -hmm. what I was doing in this $1,000 <laughs> phone I'm carrying around with me. I know. Where do I touch? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To get around that, we had touchable opacity, touchable highlight, you know, sort of flashback to last episode Yeah. to sort of handle those things. So you knew what was touchable. You had that location react to your touch. And I imagine we're going to have to now deal with bezels and mm. drop shadows on a larger scale and actual animations when you press things, you know, and uh, I'm looking at some screenshots in this article and they look amazing. I'm not saying mm -hmm. that it looks terrible, but you know, it's total different frame of mind when you're going to be designing things. Yeah, absolutely. So just keep a okay. lookout on that. And uh, I'm sure somebody's going to come up with some really amazing button libraries and element libraries that we're going to be able to just plug into our React Native apps and go. Yeah, there we go. If anyone's wanting to uh, get started in open source, there's there's your first project. Go ahead, get this new morphism button library up and running. So it's ready once these, this Mac OS and eventually iOS uses it. That's right. You heard it here first, folks. Go do it. <laughs> Awesome. Well, that's that's cool. I'm excited to see changing design languages. I, I don't understand them, but it, it's cool to see it. Yeah. So, yeah, looking at the main topic today, deep linking, um, I guess for background, what, what's your experience with uh, deep linking in mobile apps? Personally, I've never used them. Uh, shocker, right? Everything <laughs> we come across, I've never used. However, I have in my life clicked on links and have them directly open the app. I mean, this happens all the time, mm -hmm. especially if you tap on, you know, the app store button on a web page, you know, that's going to open up the app store app. I mean, that's, that's deep linking. That's exactly what we're going to be talking about. And there's yeah. really some neat ways to achieve that. If you have sort of an admin panel, a web app, and you need to deep link into a screen on the web in web applications, I would deep link all the time into things, you know, instead of clicking this menu, clicking this screen, sliding this down, clicking here to get to this screen, you know, we could create a very complex looking link and go straight to that screen that you need. And uh, we did that all day, every day at uh, the university that I used to work at. So I'm familiar with, with the concept. Yep. I know something I struggled with when going from 
web development and mobile development was just kind of the different navigation paradigm where in the web it's not uncommon for someone to just be sent a link drop into the app without any context of like being able to go back to a previous screen whereas in mobile development if you send someone to the details of a person for example there's almost that perception that okay when i I should be able to press back from this screen and go back to a list of people for example so that that's kind of a a a weird paradigm and deep linking kind of lets those two different web and mobile navigation patterns merge together by using deep links to allow yeah basically you have a custom url uh, that drops you into some specific place in the app with all the context you need without having to click through things and when you're looking at deep link there's two different ways you can do it there's traditional deep links and that's where you set up a custom url like react native school colon forward slash forward slash and that's like my deep link for an app alternatively you could set up universal links universal links allow you to use a typical web address say reactnativeschool.com or reactnativenerds.com and then basically if a user has that app installed that knows how to handle that url it'll go ahead and if it's a supported path rather than opening up the website it'll go ahead and open up the mobile app and drop you into wherever you should be the uses for these is it's kind of endless really like if you use slack and you've got it on mobile you've used that to do your authentication with their magic link where they send you an email you click the link it goes and opens up the app it passes out authentication token whatever it needs to do it passes all of that um, i just released a react native school class where we cover deep linking and in there we use it to using the star wars api you can open up a deep link that goes ahead and drops you right into say luke skywalker's profile versus having to go through a people screen and this cool. is what deep links are really good for just dropping you into it and it's an easy link that you can distribute versus being like okay you need to open the app go ahead change your tab to the people list once you're on the people list go ahead choose uh, luke skywalker from the list of you know 100 characters whatever it may be you can just be like hey click this link boom drops you into the app so they're really really flexible really really cool thing to use but when you're doing it it's one of those things it's really powerful but it can get a little i don't want to say complex setting it up because it's not complex to set up but it's a native thing so if you're doing it in react native you need to make changes on both the ios native side and the android native side to go ahead and implement it in that you need to update your android manifest.xml to say well these are the permissions i need then there's what is my custom url you know react native nerds colon forward slash forward slash that should open up my app or then looking at the universal links you also need to add those permissions at the pass you want to support so on and so forth so it'd be a little intimidating to set that up but uh, they're really really powerful things to actually go ahead and use that's really cool and so while you're talking about this my mind is going and remember last episode we were talking about your konami code where you just type things and whatever and i mm -hmm. actually did a little googling about that but i was thinking it'd be cool if you know for the konami code you just slide up a panel from the bottom and it looks like a controller and you type in the code and then it mm. releases your beta thing but you could easily release an app and then send your beta testers a deep link that would activate features. Or you might even, could you just have like an orphaned page or a couple orphaned screens not hooked up through navigation and then link to those? Yeah. Or, yeah, or do those 
do those have to be part of React Navigation Path? So it depends on the way you actually want to go ahead and implement it. Because once you get from the native setup, then you need to actually manage that path in the, the JS side. But basically the way I do it is through React Navigation. And you can configure your path. So basically like you can say, you know, I want to go to hidden screen one, two, three. And basically there's no way to get to it through normal navigation, but so long as you have that deep link, you have that path management pointing them to that, then yeah, that's absolutely a way that you could link to your hidden beta testing settings screen, whatever it may be. It buys you a lot of flexibility. Um, and then it's also useful for something like a push notification, say, Joe Schmo sent you a message in your chat app and rather than pressing the, the push notification that you've got a new message and then having to go and find that conversation with Joe Schmo and go into it that way, you can basically send deep links through your push notifications and then when they tap that push notification, it'll go ahead and just using that deep link, drop you right into the app where you need to be. So emails, push notifications, marketing campaigns, all that stuff is really powerful and configurable through deep links or universal links. Yeah, nice. Yeah, and then um, kind of looking at the, the implementation side of things. Basically, like I said, there's the native side, iOS and Android, and shameless plug here. These are all things that I cover <laughs> in this uh, React Native School class. But basically, you need to set up the native side, and that's going to register with the device operating system or with Apple in general that, hey, we're configured to handle deep links. These are the links that we're willing to actually manage with this app. Here are our permissions, all that kind of stuff. And then once it goes through that, basically you get that link. So the native side just says, yes, we're able to handle it. We'll open up the app. Once you open up the app, then you need to figure out, okay, we've got this link. What are we going to do with it? Looking at the implementation side, there's two things that I use consistently. There's React Navigation, which with V5, and it might have been in previous versions, it's got a really powerful linking library built in. Basically, you just need to say, these are the paths, these are the prefixes, be it React Native Nerds colon forward slash forward slash or reactnativenerds.com. These are our prefixes that we're expecting. And then here's the paths that we're expecting then you map those paths to whatever screen you want to go to. So there's that JavaScript side to configure. Now, if you're not using React Navigation, if you're using something else, or you just don't want to use React Navigation's linking setup, there's also a core linking API built into React Native, which basically says, given if my app was opened with a link, here's the link, and then you can determine what to actually do with that. So hmm. despite having to do some native stuff on the side, basically, again, it's just permissions and then enabling the app to actually open up the link. Most of your configuration stuff is, is still going to happen on JavaScript, despite using this powerful native feature that uh, both iOS and Android have. And I would imagine that you can also use code push, you know, if you need, oh, wait, since it's native, I guess you couldn't add new deep links on the fly. You, you could, you absolutely could. The way it works is, well, I guess you could with, a caveat. Say you've got your prefixes or your URL types. I'm, I'm blanking on what they're what they're actually called uh, in iOS. The schema. Yeah, your Is URL schema? schemas. Once you've got those configured, that's basically all the native side needs to know. Um, and then there's like two functions that you need to put into your app delegate or updating in your Android manifest.xml. Once those things are done, everything else, all the URL management, happens on the JavaScript side. And since it's on the JavaScript side, feel free to update that stuff via code push if you need to. 
Okay. Nice. Oh, actually, I take that back slightly. <laughs> um, <laughs> so that's what we do constantly, right. <laughs> but it's usually coming out of my mouth. <laughs> yeah. um, so that's true for deep linking. But if you're looking at universal linking, and again, universal linking is when you're using a web URL. With Apple, you have to basically define what are the paths that your app determines. So if it's reactnativenerds.com slash people, that's accepted. But now you want to say reactnativenerds.com slash messages, but messages wasn't originally a supported universal link path. You'll then want to go ahead and update what's called this like Apple app site registration which you actually need to host on a website and basically there's this whole process of that thing having to update so it's 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 a little complex on the apple side with universal <laughs> linking um, so basically the way i've set it up in the past and obviously since this is audio we can't share what i'm looking at but looking at this apple app site association that's what it's called you define paths in there you could say you could do a catch-all or you could just define them individually and what I like to do is say there's, back in the days of early mobile development, a lot of the times we would see website name slash M or M dot website name. Basically, I'll do that with deep links as well, where I'll say whatever my website address is slash ABC slash the actual URL. Basically, I buy flexibility in anything I put after that ABC, I know will go into my mobile app if they have it installed. Otherwise... My web server will see that and see, okay, if we end up at this ABC route, go ahead and basically strip that from the URL and send them to the URL that they were going to without that ABC. By doing that, like I can update my server really easily, really quickly, immediately versus having to go through the App Store review process. So yeah, with deep links, with, with so much of mobile development, there's like these little intricate tricks where you don't really pick them up until you get burned by not doing them. So there's a bunch of little little intricacies, but you know it's one of those things. It's like setting up code push. It can be a little complex, but once you have it, you're super super grateful that it's there and you can use it. And when your client or your customer or whatever says, "Hey, can I do this?" and you can be like, "Hell yeah! I've already got that set up. Here's how you do it." So it's always a nice <laughs> nice win to have set up. Nice. Yeah. So that's pretty much uh, what I've got to talk about on deep linking. It's one of those things. We, we talk about this again and again in these uh, podcast episodes of there's just certain things that we need to do as almost like underdogs of mobile development using React Native where deep links, it's like accessibility. There's just these things that we should be doing to legitimize React Native development and to make... Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> exactly. There we go. A bell. We've only got one count of that today. Um, I know. <laughs> yeah, so... By doing deep links, it's one of those things like it's something you don't see, right? It's 100% behind the scenes, but it just makes for a really, really good user experience when it's done right. React Navigation is kind of, it's the easiest way I've seen the implementation React Navigation V5 has. Once it's set up, it's just so easy. It's really, really nice compared to, you know, back when I was doing everything through linking and then trying to kind of do navigation on the side. It was just kind of a, a, a mess. So again... React Native Development 2020 with React Navigation V5. It's one of the nice things of 2020 so far. So yeah, that's pretty much all I've got on this subject. So if you want to learn more about that, you can uh, check out Spencer's course. I, I just took a look at it and it uh, looks like it's about 10 videos. Yep, 10 videos should be like less than an hour. I don't know. I don't actually count the time, but I know everyone's busy. So I try to keep them brief, but still uh, 
hit the subjects that we all need to know to get this up and running. Yeah, he's silently underwriting this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, that about does it. Yeah. Hey, thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks, everyone, so much for joining. And we look forward to seeing you in the next episode. All right, take it easy. Bye-bye. Rock on. Thank you for listening. You can get show notes and leave comments at reactnativenerds.com.